You, stop it! Stop it! You got stop! Stop it! <laughs> yeah, the ending. Yeah, the ending is classic. Yeah, Ooh. absolutely. There's, I mean, there's no question about it. It's just oh, the robot guys are fucking. They're great villains. Yeah, yeah. Yep. they finally found a role that uh, Dick Warlock can actually look natural in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, John Moran. Don't kill me. <laughs> It's been a great journey, but that journey has come to an end as we get to Day of the Dead. This movie's called Day of the Dead, but daylight is something you don't see a whole lot of here. Now, a little personal touch on this review. This was the only zombie movie I really owned my entire life until I started buying them as an adult after I got a job. My dad went to Palmer Video Store. It was a mom-and-pop video shop, and he would rent movies and hook up two VCRs and copy them and this is the one he copied the only zombie movie really I ever saw growing up so I have very vivid memories uh, that we'll definitely get to at the end of this movie but uh, yeah this was the movie I remember the most now it wasn't one I gravitated to as you all know anyone who listens to Skeleton Crew knows I'm not a fan of zombie movies at all I have nothing against them, but whenever I watched them, they just didn't grab me in the way where I felt it would warrant repeat viewing. So, this budget was scaled down to half of what it should have been, because Romero got a three-picture deal, and he didn't want to record Day of the Dead right away, because he didn't want to get pigeonholed into just being a zombie guy, so he wanted to make sure his other two movies that he wanted to make were made first. So the problem was, he made like that Knight Rider, Joust, Jousters movie or whatever, and that was a total bomb. And then he made Creepshow, which wasn't a huge success when it first came out. That's like a cult following, probably a VHS rental store uh, thing that, you know, the word got out and it just became a, a classic, you know. Uh, so those because those weren't successes at the time, um, they wanted to take creative control away. And he said, no, just take half my budget away and I have all the creative control. So... That's what this is. Now, I'm not making excuses for it or acting like that it's a crap movie because of that. I'm just giving you a little bit of insight. And, you know, one thing that could be attributed to the budget, a lot of people complain about the lack of zombies in this movie. You get the uh, opening shots of all the zombies in the uh, abandoned towns, and then, really, you just get peppered zombies throughout until the end where you get this big grand finale now, to me, that whole finale at the end totally, totally pays off. It completely delivers in the best of ways. And I think the amounts that zombies and body parts in Dr. Frankenstein's office were 
peppered perfectly with the strong writing and the very realistic progression of the army versus the civilians. Of course, I couldn't leave out Tom Savini is in charge of the uh, makeup effects here, and wow, did he progress from Dawn of the Dead. Oh my god. He just must have practiced forever. I, I, I don't even know how he went from that to this, but wow. Like I said, very eerie streets in the opening shots. Great job on the atmosphere. Garbage blowing around, money blowing around, zombies walking all over. Like, it was just really well done. It really gave you that sense of dread. Whole movie takes place in a military base. Great casting. Everyone embodies their character. Not every character is fully fleshed out, but they all really embody. Everything feels very lived in. I totally believe in these people. So basically, they do regular testing on the dumb fucks. Uh, I mean, zombies. Great opening scene collecting them and Miguel, because he's like cracking up, dropping the zombie stick. And uh, yeah, zombie life isn't for him, apparently. Captain Rhodes is an amazing asshole. R.I.P., dude, along with George Romero. And the uh, other asshole, uh, the heavy guy with the, with the cigars in his mouth all the time, he also passed away. Dr. Frankenstein passed away. You know, we're, we're at that point where all the people from our movies are definitely going. So Dr. Frankenstein discovers all this stuff about the brain. It's what drives them. They want to eat, but they can't even get nourishment because the guy's stomach was removed, but he still wants to bite his hand off. That's great stuff. I remember Jamie talking about a treatment or something that somebody wrote where the, the zombie would just keep eating, but since he's dead, his, he doesn't digest anything, and it would eventually just, like, burst out of his stomach or something, or his the meat would come out of his anus or something crazy like that because it, it just didn't process, and, you know, I don't know how that would really affect the zombie, but... I think we got into that discussion in our Jump the Shark 3 show when we were talking about why the hillbillies in the uh, Wrong Turn movies never get hurt when they get shot. Like, how do things keep working? And then she uh, eventually got into that little tidbit. So that was interesting. Amazing moment when that zombie leans over and his stomach just pours out onto the ground. Wow. Great scene. Very intense when the captain tells Sarah to sit down or he's going to shoot her. And then it, it's just, like, great tension, and it's followed by great comedy where the guy's like, Is there food? I'm running this monkey farm, Frankenstein! Is that food enough for you? Like, that whole thing was just great. Sarah needs to uh, blow some steam off, so she hangs out at the Ritz with the pilot and the uh, radio engineer guy. I don't know. And the pilot drops his theory about life and how she's wasting her time. That's got to make you feel good. I'm going to touch on that whole conversation about wasting her time later on in this uh, podcast. Because I do have something to say about it, but just not right now. The best was when they meet Bub and he salutes the captain. And then he says, you should salute him back. And he says, you expect me to salute that pile of pus or whatever he says. That was just great. And then he goes to shoot Bub. And then Bub goes to shoot him, but there's no bullets. This is the shit that's supposed to knock our socks off. Ugh, love that guy. I figured out that Miguel is as useless as Barbara was from the first movie. He's just slightly more active, but he's, he's pretty useless. When the, when the strap breaks and the zombie rips the guy's throat out with his teeth, Miguel flips and gets his arm eaten. 
Oh my god. Then the thing that stuck with me as a kid, but this isn't even the one. You know where I'm going, but this isn't even the one, but this did stick with me as a kid. Her cutting his arm off and setting the end on fire. Oh my god. And then he wakes up to see it happen. I don't even know how I'd handle that. You know, one minute I'm doing something, the next minute I wake up and my arm's gone, my hand's gone, and I would just be like, okay. And then at that moment, you get more threats from Captain Rhodes, and Sarah finally breaks down. The strongest character, you know, the whole thing, we know you're strong, so what? Screw you, you know, all that stuff. She finally breaks down, because now it's even too much for her. Then she walks in on the head on the table with the wires in the brain. Oh, love it. Frankenstein is feeding Bub the newly dead soldiers. Rhodes finds out about it and justifiably goes Scarface on his ass. I mean, you can't say he was the asshole here, you know? Rhodes is done with his whole team of civilians. He blows away Frankenstein's assistant right in front of everybody. He pushes Sarah and the Paul McCartney-looking guy the drunk into the whole cavern of zombies that is so fucked up but then we get this cool shovel to the face chop head in half kill and then the zombie's still looking around when it's upside down i remember that as a kid too i love the little touch of the bats flying around miguel betrays everybody even his supposed girlfriend uh, can we just get to that real quick so sarah and miguel as lovers that's just weird and extremely difficult to believe. Their rapport with each other from jump to the bitter end just doesn't play as a couple to me. I'm sorry. Nancy and Johnny Deep was a more believable couple in Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, these two have nothing. What, because he breaks down and hugs her at one point when, he, when, he's trying to, when she's trying to stick the needle in him? You, you call that chemistry? And his characters, I mean... Flyboy is just too preachy, and with that, like, Jamaican accent, he acts like everything he says is so... It's almost like people with that British or English accent, where they act like they're so... Like, because they, they sound like what they're saying is smart or something, because they have this accent, and it all sounds more proper and intelligent. So he comes off as very, um, highfalutin. Uh, like, he thinks he's right about everything. Like, somebody like him would just irritate the crap out of me. I would never be friends with a guy like that. Once he, like, preached to me one or two times and, like, everything's like a lecture from him, I would just be like, okay, yeah, we're done talking. And the other guy has no personality. He's just a drunk. I mean, you think with the lack of people in this movie that these two would have been fleshed out more. Just a preachy jerk and a drunk. I mean, and Frankenstein's assistant had zero character. I mean, ugh. And Sarah has character, just not a very high likability factor. But one thing I'll give Flyboy's character, the speech about how Sarah's wasting her time, you know, spending all this time researching zombies and seeing if they can be trained or whatever the hell, uh, rather than creating weapons to eradicate them. The speech is interesting because when it all goes to hell at the end, it feels the same way it feels when Rhodes blows the piss out of Dr. Frankenstein. Like, wow, all that time and all that work with Bub and all the rest of the experiments on all those other zombies we saw and all that stuff was just a complete waste of time. Just like Flyboy said to Sarah. Like, it all means nothing. No one else there got anything out of Dr. Frankenstein's research and he's not there to make anything of it. 
God only knows how many months or years or whatever. This whole thing was a complete waste of putting yourself in danger and time. So back to Miguel betrays everyone, including Sarah, lets zombies into the base. The best is watching them eat him alive while he lowers them into the, into the army base. Rhodes cowardly drives away on the golf cart, leaving his own men to die for no real reason. There were plenty of seats there. Any logical person would say, well, it's better to have a bunch of guys with me to even help me in case I run into zombies or whatever. Like, no, he just, he's such a piece of garbage. He even betrays his own men who stood by him no matter what he said or did. Bub discovers Dr. Frankenstein dead and basically cries over the loss. Then the chaos ensues. The zombies get a hold of the one army guy and pull his head off. And he's screaming. And the head looked great. And while they're pulling it off and his neck stretches, the scream becomes more high-pitched. Just a great touch. The one dude blows his brains out rather than being eaten alive by these things. And it's really the only way to go. I would definitely, had been in any of the people's situations, if those things are coming to me, that's what I would do. It's really amazing how, like, all this went to hell. You know, one minute, they're afraid that Rhodes will shoot the civilians to get on that helicopter, and the next minute, basically everyone is on their own. I mean, you got the three protagonists kind of sticking together, but everyone's fighting for their lives. Miguel fucked everyone. And what was his motivation for doing that? Because his arm was bitten off? Like, that he was basically cracking up the whole movie? Are we supposed to believe that he just basically cracked completely and just said fuck everyone? Bub shoots Captain Rhodes twice. Once, like, in the shoulder and another in the leg. And watching him, like, up against the wall trying to slink down that hallway, it felt like... It's what everybody really wants out of a movie, any kind of movie, where there's a villain as heartless and as cold as this guy. It's exactly what the audience wants to see. And they want to see Frankenstein's little pet administer this. It's really great writing. And then we get to the most memorable scene of my youth in this film. Bub shot him, he's slinking down. Rhodes makes it to that door, opens it, and is full of zombies. Bub looks at him and salutes, just like he did before, to say, fuck off. Rhodes is looking at him. Romero wanted to make sure that Rhodes saw that. Then he proceeds to be engulfed by these zombies, and they pull his body apart, dragging his legs down the hallway, leaving a streak of blood along the floor. I remember seeing that as a kid and being completely traumatized. And I loved horror, like, pretty soon into my life. Pr- pretty instantly, when I even I loved Halloween as a little kid. And, uh, man, that still did it for me. It was, I guess it's the same effect that, like, faces of death have on you, you know? This is the same effect that the scene of Toxic Avenger, when they ran over the kid's uh, head on the the kid on the bike and they were hitting people for points in Toxic Avenger. That that was as traumatizing as this scene right here. They both will never leave my mind from 1986 or whenever I, I saw them to today. Weird callback and false scare 
Flyboy says, let's hope they fill this thing up with gas. And remember, they had that argument about the gas in the helicopter. And that doesn't lead anywhere. And then um, she opens the helicopter door and the zombies grab her in this bullshit scare. And it cuts right to them on the beach. So that's her third nightmare that she wakes up from. But why is that a nightmare? She was awake when she went to his... Like, I don't even... It's really nonsense. That whole... I don't even know what the point of that was. I I understand the opening was a dream. Then the middle part was a dream when the, when her boyfriend, I guess, leaned over and his guts fell out of the bed. And now this is the last one. So I guess we're supposed to just go with this. But yeah, bullshit. But some of the best lines were Miguel saying... You made me look like an asshole out there. You make me feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> like, that is classic. And when you look back on it, this whole Dr. Frankenstein's idea that he's gonna have zombies that outnumber us 400,000 to one obey and behave for rewards, which are our guts. The body and guts of us. So where does he plan to get enough treats to satisfy them all. He really didn't think this thing out, did he? The other great line in the movie is Captain Rhodes, as he's get, as he was pulled apart and being dragged into the other room, he's saying, choke on it, choke on it. <laughs> Classic. This is just a really well done movie. It is not slow. Zombie, you get enough zombies, you get enough gore, you get enough dead bodies. Amazing gore. When that guy's face is pulled apart and his eyeball pops out. I mean, everything here was just outstanding. I give this movie a 4.5 out of 5. Night, 3.5. Dawn, 4.5. Day, 4.5. That brings the Romero trilogy to an average of 4 out of 5 for me which means I really like it. So the big answer, do I think these are better than Return of the Living Dead now? I think they're better made. I think the zombies look better for the most part in Day of the Dead. However, Return has many iconic zombies, which cannot be effed with. The fun factor in Return still exists. The overall experience is still top-notch for both. I think now I would just say that these are right up there with Return of the Living Dead. I was disappointed in much of the zombie makeup in Return. Much like I sort of am for Dawn. The gore in Day of the Dead far outweighs any of these movies. But there was some cool gore in Return. So yeah. I think instead of saying Return of the Living Dead is the shit and the rest are blah, I don't care. Now I'm taking those and bringing them up there with Return. Now this is all my favorite stuff. And why stop now? Hell, I'm curious at this point. I think the next movie we're going to do is Night of the Living Dead 1990. Let's keep it dead. I wouldn't mind what Savini felt he had to do after being a part of these two movies. He felt he had something to offer. Maybe these are the quintessential looking zombies. Maybe there's the quintessential gore. I don't remember. I saw this movie maybe 10 years ago. I have no idea. But I'd love to find out all over again and put it on wax. And don't worry, we will get to a 
we will start picking a date that these come out all the time because I know they're sporadic and no one knows when to even look for these and by the time you even know I did this whole entire trilogy it's probably the first time you're looking and they're all done already so we will get a regularly scheduled uh, date here there has to be some consistency that way you know to tune in every week or every Wednesday or every Friday or whatever the case we will do that <laughs> 